What's up, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Neo Vintage Podcast. I'm Jabril, and I'm here with Steve. Hope everyone's doing well. And for you guys who have never seen the show before, we're just two guys that like to talk over the biggest stories in gaming, but we always like to start with what we've been playing. So, Steve, what you've been playing? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to jump into the big one that I've been playing. Um, came out right after our last uh, episode, and we discussed me maybe picking it up. So, yeah, I've been playing uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, um, I've yes. been playing a lot, so I'm... Uh, pretty i'm pretty deep in uh i want to say i'm about chapter 10 um each chapter is average about an hour or so i'm like 10 hours in according to the little playstation thing you can check and um i am so surprised beyond surprised on how not just good i would actually say this game is pretty great like this game you know skyrocketed no pun intended skyrocketed to like the top of my list for like game of the year contender and that's not even me just blowing smoke up up there because the game gets so much right it gets a lot of like the critiques we had for you know obviously the big thing we can compare it to is avengers um and it is almost polar opposite where you know we all know with avengers and we'll actually discuss a little bit of that today you know how just unfocused it was and this is so much more you know consolidated it's uh, more linear uh, um, and it's really about the universe and i'm having such a great time you know some of the characters you know we i remember we used to had a when we first saw the game you know the game wasn't running the best and a lot of the character designs were a little wonky um I, it grew on me uh peter quill's uh, new style even though he has a weird haircut um that they actually confront in the game about his haircut being a little bit weird um it grew on me because i mean technically i've spent more time with this peter quill than we have the obviously the mcu peter quill um so that's starting to grow on me drax still was kind of uh, awkward um but i put all that aside especially because if you really have an issue with the cosmetic you, it's not a spoiler you unlock the marvel the mcu costumes so you can just put that right on and oh, it's there cool. and you'll be fine so they're in there as collectibles um it's actually it's it's a little it's, it's surprisingly really well done um especially for drax drax is the one that took me for a while to get used to um and then i unlocked the mcu version of it so i was able to put that on there so it's really well done the characters are super super faithful to um what we've seen a little bit in the mcu but mainly more in the comics um lots of references lots of easter eggs um to the point where it's like i've really started looking into this more gallic like the galaxy side of the mcu uh which of course this lined up with the eternals There's a lot of references and so more of that you know space version of the mcu uh when you're talking at a warlock and all these other things like i'm starting to get a little interested where i've done some research on some characters because there's people who show up uh lady hellbringer which i do know from the comics um is in the game and she is fantastic what a fantastic rendition of her uh, the voice acting and the facial animations are really well done, and I'm glad I'm starting to see people discuss that because the game is really fun gameplay-wise. But I think it's the small touches that hurt Avengers really works here, where lip syncing, facial animations, uh, the actual motion behind these lines—it's all really well done. Like this feels really, really AAA, like really, really well polished. Um, I actually do like this version of Gamora more than I do the MCU version. And not to take away from the MCU version, but reading some comics and, and playing other, you know, some Marvel titles that she's in, this, I can hands down say, is the best representation to the Gamora I know. And I know there's, like, different versions of Gamora. I know there's, like, the time traveler version and the comics and stuff like that. 
But obviously the big one you're going to compare it to is the MCU version. And I do like this Gamora better. She vibes with the crew better. And it's just all really well done. Like, it's so believable where the game at no point feels like just a cash grab. Uh, the way they argue, the way they talk, the way they're joking. Um, the One big complaint is, like, the game... I, these characters are mature. We know we all know Rocket is like Rocket Raccoon is a uh, trash talking guy. Instead of obviously cursing, they use different space terms. So they use the word flark a lot, F L A R K. But they use it a lot, um, and to the point where in my brain I have to switch it to the actual F word. But it's still just like overly done, and so like there are points where it just gets too into itself, and it's like too cringy, where it's like you don't have to because even if in a world that you were just saying the f word it would still be much i'm like why are you talking like that but those are all minor complaints you know and very minor uh game glitches and stuff that i've seen nothing game breaking uh you know sometimes i'll, I'll just clip on a corner and i have to boost out of there um so nothing breaking breaking um the gameplay obviously the moment to moment gameplay when you're playing as star quill peter quill um star lord uh it's really well done uh, it's hard to kind of grasp where it is uh, it's you're it's like a really really mobile uncharted game is is the kind of what i can go and i know a lot of people have been making that comparison of the game in general being more just like space uncharted and they're not wrong uh you're dashing around but the multiplayer not the you know the multi-team aspect of it makes so much sense when you're calling Gomorrah to do certain attacks you're asking Groot to maybe tie down characters and Rocket will throw a grenade to break shields and you make all those commands so it's so team base heavy that it just really forces you to see the mistakes made in Avengers which was this sort of forced multiplayer thing where it's just like shoved in your throat and everything's really awkward where this everyone just has a role and they're doing that role really well um, and that's something that I got to give to uh, Idols Montreal that they really knocked it out of the park with that. So I'm I'm having a great time with the game. I've recommended it to anyone, anyone who's had any interest in, especially just the MCU movies. If you enjoyed those two MCU movies and you like, you know, not it's not an open world, you know, bunch of side missions things like you know what you're doing and you really can't get lost. Uh, it's it's such a great experience and a long experience from what I heard too. The game I want to say is like 18 chapters. So oh, wow. the average people like people are beating are like 16, 17 hours on their first playthrough, which that's knocks it out of the park. And I, again, I've been taking my time, not that there's so much to explore, but you know, there's a lot of talking to your teammates and characters discussing and a lot of like character building that you can do. That's optional. Not that they lead too, too far in, but I do that. And again, I'm just clocking away at the game. And it's just like, keeps going and going. And every time you feel like it's going to start peaking, it gets into a super action section or super comedy section in the game. Just there's so much of it, uh, which I really like. So that's the bulk what I've been doing uh, the last basically week and a half, two weeks. Um, I try to knock out a chapter or two a day, depending on the boss fight and what I'm doing in there. Uh, very other little things that I've uh, played. Uh, I've been still grinding a little bit of Back for Blood. I felt like I was not giving the game the true shot I wanted to. I, I felt like we, we weren't negative on the game. I think we were both pretty happy with it. Um, you know, it is basically Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah, um, I went back is. to it. 
Yeah, yeah, for what it is, exactly. Um, I went back to it, you know, uh, my older brother, who's huge into the Left 4 Dead games, um, was like, let's go in again, and I understand the system a little bit better. I, I think the card gimmick was almost a little confusing to me at first. I don't know if it's just because I was trying to blast through and just shoot things. Um, so once I take my time, I learn the mechanics, I learn the enemies, and a little bit of the characters, um, it, it all makes sense now, and now it kind of clicks where it's this guilty fun where... Um, if I'm not playing, you know, with someone I can speak to over the mic, I will put a podcast down and I'll just kind of go through it, trying to get a, uh, a couple more missions and a few achievements and stuff like that. Again, I know the story story is what we were kind of lacking. There's like three really great cutscenes in the game um, that really show off. Uh, I th- do think some of the later characters you unlock um, are a little bit better <laughs> than the, the, the starting characters. I think. They should have balanced it a little bit better, so the first four were a little bit more balanced to the later four that you get. But it's it's a fun game, and now I'm at that point where it's like, you know what? Even in a world that this wasn't on Game Pass, I may have purchased this, and I feel like it would have been well worth the money. Um, again, playing it on Game Pass, so that makes, obviously, my <laughs> feelings a slightly askew. But it's been but it's it's been a fun, a fun sort of throwback uh, to me in playing... Uh, Back for Blood, and uh, the last game I've been dabbling in, just because I always I've been playing this actually for a few weeks, I just always forget to mention it, and I, it's I, it, I'm completely missing the title. Um, it's the Vampire Battle Royale that came out. Oh, I know we talked about the Masquerade I, Vampire the Masquerade. I'm trying to get the exact name right now. I thought I had it loaded up, so. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. Okay, Blood Hunt. There you go. Which, um, yeah, I've been playing this actually for a, a while. It's in early access on just on Steam, so I know. I think we saw it at uh, one of the conferences. I don't remember exactly where. Uh, I think PS. I think one of the PlayStation conferences showed it, where we both said the same. Where like the controls look kind of fun, and the moment to moment looks kind of fun, but it's just a battle royale, and that hasn't changed much. <laughs> um, the game is, you know, again, it's an early access, so I'm not going to, like, harp on the technical aspect of it. The gameplay is really interesting, though, and I, I wish we could just lift the control system to a different game um, and play it because I don't care for this Battle Royale mode right now. Um, I think the game actually has a pretty interesting art style. It's super dark, obviously, everything playing at night, gothic, running around this city with vampires. It's really cool because, you know, there are civilians that you have to, you know, take their blood and the different mechanics with the weapons and the armor and you get to somewhat customize your character. It, it is fun. The moment to moment is fun. I just wish it was elsewhere where I wasn't hunting down, uh, I think it's like 50 other vampires in in the city because the traversing of it is really cool. Running up and down the buildings reminded me almost of a sort of prototype uh, game, a more tightened prototype control system. And it's, it, it, there's fun to be had, but it's just like I wish I was doing it to something else than a battle royale just to last. Uh, and I've won one map, so it's not that I'm, like I'm terrible at it. I just I just don't see it. Uh, you know, I don't see like all this to get a, a fancier leather jacket and, and a few other abilities. Just, it doesn't really do it for me. So I did want to mention that because it is something that I do once or twice a week. I'll have a cup of coffee and, and I'll do a round or two because because uh, there's something to like there there's some good there i'm interested to see where this game goes especially when it's a little bit more available to people um i assume it's coming to early access on the systems as well and uh once that gets picked up i th- hopefully 
assume uh, some more modes and stuff will come to it, but uh, we'll have to see on, on that aspect. So that's all I've been really playing. Again, I want to say 90% of my time I've been playing Guardians of the Galaxy. Can't recommend that game enough. It's really great, in my opinion. So that's all I've been playing. Jabro, let's go. Two weeks. What you been playing? Yeah, so I'm, I'm just putting a note for myself. I'm going to check out Guardians. It's going to be a little tough to fit it in because Forza mm-hmm. and GTA come out next week. But uh, I'll try to find a point to play that because I've, I've literally just been waiting on your thoughts. Because, yeah, I can watch all the reviews in the world, but you know my taste. And based on what you yeah. described, it seems like I dig it a lot. So I'll, I'll check that 100%. out. 100%. 100% recommend it, especially for you. Yeah, definitely checking it out. Okay, so for me, I, uh, I'll i start with Metroid since I beat that pretty much maybe an hour after we recorded last time. Um, <laughs> yep. I just sat down in bed, and while the video was rendering, I kind of just played it, and uh, I won't get into specifics of where I was at because that's still spoilers for people, and I don't think you may have made it there yet. Um, but I was on a final boss, and I was having some difficulty with it, but again, with Metroid Dread, it's it's not that... Yes, things are demanding and difficult, but I think a lot of it just has to do with just figuring out and being able to perform. Um, and just getting those rhythms down. And so once you get the rhythms down, if you go back to, the, uh, to any of those battles, they're pretty... I wouldn't say easy, but manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, I think Metroid Dread is tough. I've heard a lot of people talking about how tough it is. Do I think the difficulty is a little overstated at times with the way that people talk about it. Um... For me, personally, the times that I died the most were running from those EMMI or ME robots. That's where I probably died the most. Um, just figuring out what turn to take and what. And I'm like, oh, ran into a dead end dead here. Um, and thankfully, the reload from that point on is pretty fast. But, uh, yeah, so I, I beat it. Uh, it wasn't. I didn't have that much to go. I think maybe I had, from where I was at, less than 30 minutes for sure. Uh, and yeah, just what a phenomenal ending and just the story of it is really, really dope. So for anybody who's played, you know, Metroid, Super Metroid, Fusion, uh, Samus Returns, all those, um, this is just a perfect kind of like a climax and end to the saga that has been started with those games. Because there is a linear storyline between those as much as they may feel disconnected as times. This one really does bring them all together in such a genius way uh, that I, I love so much. And the moment that you beat it, it unlocks the hard mode. So I immediately jumped into that to give that a swing. And I'm actually finding it fairly manageable. Uh, I think, yeah, the, the enemies take a little bit more damage to beat. Um, and I would imagine some of the boss battles might be a little tougher, but for the most part, I'm making it through it pretty well, uh, because of just the learning curve that the first run takes. By the time you restart it, you have all the tools in your hands. Yeah, they take a little bit more damage, but for the most part, if you get your parries right, you'll be able to kill anything pretty fast anyway. So, uh, yeah, Metroid Dread, hard mode, not that difficult. I'm having a good time with it, and, uh, so I'm still running through that. Uh, last week I mentioned I was playing GTA 4, beat GTA 4, then I jumped into Battle of Gatoni, beat that, and uh, then I jumped into Lost and Damned, and I also beat that too. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've ran through everything GTA 4 for the most part has to offer. Um, I had been meaning to play GTA uh, 4 for a long time, it had been years since I really even touched it, uh, and the problem was I knew that the GTA trilogy rumors were probably going to be true, and then they turned out to be, and that was going to come out next week, and I knew that by March, uh, the GTA 5 remake was going to come out, so I was like, you know what, I'm, I'll be all GTA'd out by <laughs> next year, so I was like, if I want to get through this, I need to get through it now, so I went through it, uh, and yeah, the games hold up phenomenally. Yeah, sometimes the 
uh, controls can be a little clunky. Uh, the reliance on helicopter missions drive me nuts. I hate it, especially Battle of Gaetoni has so many uh, helicopter-related missions that are really, really annoying. Um, so that's why I suggest, and for anybody who hasn't played GTA, cheats for some of those DLC moments are something you should probably consider. Uh, and, and, and they don't have invincibility cheats, but just being able to refill your health and ammo uh, at whenever you need it, I find it to make things a lot more manageable because there's there's points in some of those DLCs where I'm like, holy crap, like I could only imagine trying to do this regular. And I did beat a lot of the missions regular, but every once in a while, I'd, you know, fire up that cheat because it's like, I'm not trying to sit here for hours trying to beat yeah. this. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, they're phenomenal. Uh, the Some of the, uh, sometimes you forget like how that humor was back then where it's like holy crap i can't believe you just said that because some of the the humor in those are i mean insensitive is kind of an understatement and i mean anybody who's played gta 5 knows that that necessarily hasn't changed a lot but some of the let's just say words they use are very interesting uh to go back to considering you know that was 2008 so we're 13 years uh from then and all the DLCs hold up really, really well. Personally, I was surprised at how well the story of Lost and the Damned surpassed, in my opinion, a lot of the other stuff that GTA 4 had to offer. In my opinion, personally, I like Nico a lot. I also probably connect with Luis Lopez probably the most. Uh, so Battle Gay Tony, I think, is the most fun, especially with the club mechanics. But I think there's something about the writing and seriousness and kind of just relationships of Lost and the Damned that I think not only contextualize a lot of characters that you're super familiar with at that point, like Brucey and stuff like that, but on top of that, I think uh, it has a weight to it that makes you really care about the story, not just the characters, in a way that I think is really unique to that. So I want to give a shout out to uh, GTA 4 and all of its DOCs because I mean there's not many games I think the core game is that good and then two standalone story DLCs also hold up that well as you know as well so super impressive mm-hmm. um, I've also been playing Backbone it's a newer game on Game Pass and I had saw it for a couple days but I didn't install it and give it a shot just because I was like mm, it looks perfect like it's like a super highly densely pixelized uh i would imagine just imagine kind of a neo-noir 1930s 1940s new york highly pixelized octopath traveler 3d mixin kind of look to it that's how it looks um so it's beautiful but i was like okay it's like a detective game i don't know if i'm trying to play that right now it's not really like an action game per se um but i was like uh my girlfriend actually, Alyssa, she suggested, she's like, you know what, just go for it, just download it. And I was like, alright, fine. So I downloaded it, and oh my god, this game is so good. Holy crap. I, I wish I started playing it a couple days sooner, to be honest, so I can really focus on it before these other games come out. But uh, yeah, no, the game is phenomenal. Basically, you walk through the streets, you, you're a private investigator, you get different cases, you talk to people all around the map, they give you little tidbits of information depending on your conversational prompts. Conversation go go good, they can go bad. They have different paths that you can take, so just in case you mess up one path, you can talk to somebody else and maybe get another piece of information. So for example, like you need to infiltrate this club, you can go through the front, and there's a way that I was able to do that. Got kicked out of the club, had to find a, ba- a way back in, couldn't go through the side entrance because of certain conversational prompts that I didn't mess up necessarily, but that's just a path I didn't take. But those 
was another way through the roof. So that's the kind of like variability that is just really crazy impressive. Um, so I can't recommend Backbone enough for anybody who's really into anything mystery, detective. If you're a sucker for like pixel art, if you love a good brooding story, um, I, I I like it. it and it's, it's heavy too because, it, you know, um, it's interesting. It, it gives me that kind of B-Stars vibe where like every character's an animal but it is in no way like a kid's property um where you know there's like drugs in this world and weapons and killings and crime and and cops and all that kind of stuff but just yeah you're you happen to be like a raccoon and and you're doing a case for people (laughs) who are sloths and stuff like that and it's interesting because they they play into the discriminant uh discriminatory aspect as well where like yeah, you're a raccoon, and this is a dog bar, and they don't really like your kind in there, so you need to find a way to navigate that world. Uh, but yeah, it's really dope. It's on Game Pass for anybody who's looking for some a little something complimentary to play. I don't know if it's a game that I would suggest, you know, being your main game for right now, unless you're super into that type of game. But I think it's a great complimentary game. It's beautiful um, and very well written, and it's on Game Pass, so you don't have to pay for anything if you have Game Pass. So highly recommend that. Uh, moving along been dabbling a lot with the switch online so i can get kind of familiar with what that has to offer um and so i'll kind of give you my thoughts quickly on that updated now that you know i'm like Mm -hmm. closer to two to three weeks in um so for genesis no complaints i mean it's genesis uh really good emulation uh we've actually seen this emulation before uh and especially if you if you have the genesis collection on switch these are not any new properties to you uh i played pretty much i think every one of these maybe with small exception of one or two uh and yeah they're they're all great solid games i'm a sucker for genesis i know you are as well we both love that game uh that's my personal game of that generation like when i want to play 16 bit i'm going to the genesis that's just my personal favorite uh so you know a lot of these games you can't go wrong with um some of the choices are a little strange like why they just went straight for sonic 2 i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know i like it though shinobi 3 is on there you can't go wrong with shinobi looks great on switch especially with the oled screen so no major complaints there um the n64 emulations it's pretty rough uh there are some games where i don't really notice it as bad to be honest uh mario kart seems to run just fine it's really when you're playing mario 64 and um ocarina of time that it really kind of stands out where it's some of that input delay uh obviously if you have the mario 3d all-stars you have no real reason to play uh mario 64 through that but um yeah i wanted to try it out and i was actually really surprised because you know nintendo though i have a lot of problems with nintendo uh, the quality of their releases in terms of a performance perspective has never really been an issue for me, uh, with small exception. And those times I remember, yeah, I remember when, you know, um, Hyrule Warriors on 3DS came out and that was running too rough. So we remember the moments where Nintendo really slipped mm-hmm. on performance. But I never actually would have guessed that, you know, N64 games on Switch would have came out in this state personally because I know Nintendo holds a heart, high bar, especially for their first party IP. So I was actually really surprised about that. And hopefully they can rectify that soon. Uh, but overall, you know, Yoshi's Island, still great, fun time. I love playing all these games on Switch. Um, I. Would like to see what the first month's releases are, and depending on those releases, I'm probably I'm leaning towards canceling the service right now. Uh, personally, wow. um, the thirty dollar increase for what they're giving is just not currently there. And unless there's like a massive increase in quality, if they're able to drop you know Majora's and Golden Eye, 
uh, in, in quick succession and stuff like that, and they're really putting a concerted effort to put out a lot of these games in pretty fast succession, that can hold it for me. But the, to be honest, the only thing I'm super, super enjoying about it right now is one or two N64 games that I wasn't really familiar with beforehand. And uh, the Genesis games, and obviously the Genesis games, most of them I have on cart, and the ones I don't have on cart, I have the Genesis Mini, so I don't really... yeah. I don't have any need for that. Uh, and $30, it's $50 service right now that it's just, I don't think is worth it. And if I can get that, a similar, pretty much most of what they have to offer of worth for, you know, half the price because it's all the NES stuff and Super Nintendo stuff are locked to the regular SKU, I'll probably just go back to that, to be honest with you. I gave it a shot, but uh, I'll keep you posted on that. And then I'll just last, I'll end off with uh, Animal Crossing. So I've mm-hmm. gone back fully back to Animal Crossing. Uh, I actually went back. Probably a little bit after we recorded last week, just to get ready for um, the major drop. I wanted to have my town ready, so I picked all my weeds and sold a whole bunch of fruit to get a little bit of money. But I have a lot of money in the bank, so that's that was no big deal. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to clean up my town and get it ready. Uh, I got Brewster, uh, and uh, yeah, I've just been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I love the Harv's Island, you know, adding the little vendor mechanic that they put in. So basically all the people who kind of float in and out of your town... Uh, can have a fixed location finally i think mm-hmm. that's a new feature they add i, I haven't played yeah. in a while so that's new right yeah that i like that little aisle where they can all yeah. be yeah yeah that, that's part of the uh, 2.0 great so yeah it, it's i that's probably my favorite feature currently because that gives a fixed location to all those guys uh and the there is a limitation you can only so basically to get them on your island you need to talk to um Harv on the island, donate a hundred thousand per person, and then you can only do it one a day. Uh, so I'm working on that. It'll take about a week to do because I think there's seven vendors that can come. Um, and one of them was the first one I did was the art uh, guy. I forget his name, but he's the sketchy art dude. Red. Yeah, red. Uh, he was the first one I did, and that was one of the biggest complaints I had when he they added him to the game, which is he comes so infrequently that the pace at which you can do to fill your museum would take forever. Like, I don't even know how long it would take. Um, and so, thankfully, with him having a fixed location, that just makes that a lot easier where I just go to Harv's Island, find which one's not a fake, and then get it the next day, donate it. And so I've already added, you know, three or four pieces of art since he came, uh, which has been great. Um and yeah, so I'm liking that mechanic quite a bit. Uh, all in all, yeah, it'll take about seven hundred thousand to get everybody on there. Um, so that be mindful of the amount of money that'll cost. Thankfully, uh, back in the day, I used to play a lot with the the turnip trade, so I have like twenty mil or something mm-hmm. like that in the bank. So that's no big problem for me. But uh, yeah, having a good time with Animal Crossing, and you know, it's pretty much overall. Yeah, you go to Brewster, you have a cup of coffee, which you know I'm a sucker for. So. Um, uh, but other than that, if you know Animal Crossing, it's pretty much what you'd expect. I have not dabbled with the, the happy home designer aspect of it, so I can't comment on that one yet. Uh, I will get to that at some point, but I, I haven't done that, that yet, personally. But yeah, that's everything I've been playing. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, uh, that's interesting, because uh, I was glad to hear that, because I have not, one, I have not checked the Nintendo Switch expansion pack. I've not um, renewed it or i haven't renewed my normal membership and then i have not obviously got the expansion pack either so i was wondering what your thoughts on were on that and uh, i've been preparing for animal crossing i also jumped in right before uh the 2.0 patch to uh, fix a few things and then update it and i just haven't launched it because i know it's gonna suck me in where i'm gonna be there for an hour because uh one of the reasons i did stop playing was because i, I ran out of 
possible ramps and stairs oh, that I wanted to, which okay. they increased by two, I think, which is the two I always needed. Um, so I know it's going to take me some time. So I, I am planning on to dabbling on that. I just really haven't had the, 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 the gusto to go go do it. So but I'm, I'm surprised that you were able to go, you know, jump in. And now I know because I didn't, I didn't know the like how to get the aisle and stuff like that. And I'm also glad I didn't, I was going to completely restart. And apparently to get like the full access to some of the stuff, you need to have your island ranking at least a three. Um, and I'm at full rank, so I'm oh, glad okay. I didn't do. Yeah, cool. from from my understanding, you need to be at least a three uh, to get access to all of the new features. So yeah, oh, ordinances are cool too. I don't know if you know anything about that, uh, but you can pass town ordinances now, where one of them is like people plant more flowers and pick the weeds more and just make your island more beautiful. So that's another cool mechanic they added. Yeah, no, yeah I'm definitely definitely getting back in. Yeah, and I would say for anybody who's kind of on the fence with all the expansion pack and Animal Crossing, if you're an Animal Crossing fan that are going to get a number of hours based on all the new DLC stuff, then I think the expansion pass pays for itself pretty much. Um, the $25 that the DLC would otherwise cost, if you're going to get tons of hours out of that new content, then yeah, I think the expansion pass is worth getting because you know that'll give that, that to you and more. Um, but otherwise, I was speaking kind of, Purely to the perspective of, yeah, I dabble in Animal Crossing, but yeah, I'm playing the N64 games for the N64 games and the, and the Genesis and stuff like that. And that is a tougher sell um, yeah. for me personally because, again, I have access to so much of that. A lot of those games I have on cart as well. Um, so if they can fix the emulation, if they can drop some more games, I could see holding on to it. But for right now, I'm leaning towards getting rid of it just because I don't see getting a tremendous more amount of use out of it personally. Um, no, yeah. All right, so I guess we can move on to the first story. Uh, and a state of play happened, and this one was a, a lot more low-key than a lot of the other ones. And we can kind of comment on the quality of the state of play after we go over pretty much everything that was announced. Um, so we'll just go point by point, and uh, mm -hmm. I'll ask you what your thoughts are on it, if you have any thoughts. First one, yep. Star Ocean, the Divine Force. That's kind of the bigger one that they kind of showed off and uh, opened with. Uh, I'm a big fan of Star Ocean from PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2, maybe a little PSP days. Uh, it's been a very long time since I've dabbled with anything related to Star Ocean. So it looks pretty good. I don't know if I'm going to get it or not, but uh, did you have any thoughts about this? Uh, I was excited to see it back. Uh, I also did like a lot of like the older Star Oceans, and it's always one of those franchises where it's like I like the release a game, and I won't really hear that they released a version or a port or something like that. So I'd be happy to uh, hopefully you know get back into it. But again, I know it's I think I know it's sometime in 2022. Uh, 2022 is shaping up to be a very stuffed year. Uh, so it really depends you know who, what, when, where this comes out. But I was excited to see it back because I do I do know I have one friend who like just is star ocean like that's his games oh wow okay. um, so i was happy for him i was like i, I shot him a, i haven't talked to him in a little bit but i shot him a text and i was like yeah for you <laughs> so it, but it's cool i think it, it did look good it did just kind of look like star ocean um <laughs> from what i remember but uh it's interesting to see it back yeah, for sure. It was one of those tricky ones because, like, when I watch a lot of these conferences, and I don't know if you, when we would watch conferences, if you remember, but we always like to like guess, like, while it's going, like, oh, which one is that? This or is this this? Yeah. And I, I, the first thought I had was, uh, it kind of reminds me of Star Ocean, but I was like, no, because I Star Ocean is kind not that it's a dead IP, but like it's not, it doesn't have the pull anymore because it's been out of commission for a long time. Yeah. Um, 
And then it turned out to be Star Wars. I was like, oh, no way. Look at you heading up a state of play. Good for you. But, um, yeah, not bad. Uh, we got Bug Snacks, the Isle of Big Snacks. So this is kind of a DLC to Bug Snacks. I thought Bug Snacks was actually pretty decent. But this is definitely not something for me personally. Uh, how about you? I played 45 minutes of Bug Snacks. And okay. that was enough for me. Yeah, for me. I, pretty, I, yeah. I, I, I see the charm of the game. I see why people really like the game. Um, it's just that's not... It's not. It wasn't a game for me. I, I I didn't like the whole pick a tomato, throw it here, so someone can come lick it, and you can catch it in that. I I understand why people like it, and it's cool that they're doing, uh, you know, free, uh, free update and stuff like that. So that's cool for people who liked it. I I kind of just <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, okay. Yeah, and then we got Deathverse. Let it die. This is a kind of multiplayer action game uh, that looks like you're, I think, on like a game show or something like that. Yeah. Uh, looked cool. Um, I didn't... I was having trouble when it was going on. I was like, is this like an IP that exists? Because it, it looked like strangely familiar at the same time while they were showing it. Uh, but yeah, it looks pretty cool. Definitely not for me, but uh, I could see... It, it's a, They're going to have some tough com- uh, competition. It's a very saturated market right now, so I'm curious to see how it does once it comes out. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so I don't know if you maybe didn't realize. So this it's a somewhat follow up to Let It Die, which was a PS4. Oh, you see, I thought it was. I I thought I saw something like that. Exactly. So there is a game called Let It Die, which that released I want to say in 2016, which was a online multiplayer action game where you had to climb a tower with a bunch of boards. You like started in your boxers or something, and it was like super clunky. Um, so that that's interesting because I was also super confused what the, what was going on because I was like because the, because the way they rephrased it as death verse let it die and yeah. I was like what what is going on so it looks a slightly more story driven it but it's funny on how much they didn't want to say it was a follow up sequel or whatever next spiritual to mind, successor but, um, or something or like a yeah and I think it's, it's a lot to do with like who developed it and, and thing like that um, Got it. this is this one's being by gung ho. Um, so that's why it may seem so familiar to you, because I think I want to say maybe I showed you it one time. Yeah, and, no, but it was like sure. super, super clunky, and it was never really my type of game, which is funny because the, that's it was almost like a tower battle royale before battle royales really hit it. So I, I'm interested to see what goes on with this. It's just that's not an IP that really spoke to me, or a game that even spoke to me. Yeah, that just blew my mind. I just looked it up, and I was like, oh, this is exactly what I had in mind. And I was like, yep. I know this from somewhere. I was like, I've seen something closely related to this. So that that makes all the sense in the world. Um, next one up, we got We Are OFK. Uh, this is kind of like an indie game where you play as a band, and you kind of just experience the story of that band. Looks pretty cool. Uh, you know, there's always I always I'm I'm kind of a sucker sometimes for those kind of like indie artsy music games. Um, so I, I have my eye on it. I don't know if I'm gonna jump all the way in it, but I I love seeing games like this at state of plays, and I, I feel terrible sometimes because people are like, "Where's God of War? What is this?" And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, so I feel bad sometimes they get like a bad rap. But uh, I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, I would like to see a little bit more gameplay to see, you know, and what the release strategy is for this. Uh, if this was, like, on a Game Pass, for example, obviously I'm jumping into it. But I, I'll throw them, you know, 15, 20 if the game's really solid. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, it was really interesting, you know. Uh, and I, I know they kind of had to did it on purpose because, like, the game, like, that trailer started with, like, war. War sucks. And I was like, because when you hear that war, war never changes, you know, we all know yeah. from Fallout. So there's, like, yeah. a weird distinct to me where I'm like, is this some sort of... I, I didn't really understand and 
the trailer we saw was interesting. Uh, the art style is kind of cool. And the way they talk about it, where they're like, oh, it's going to be five parts of interactive music videos. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm more interested to see what it works out. It does look like something I would love to check out at some point, depending on when it launches. Um, but, you know, it all comes down to what's, what the, what are the reviews really saying? What's the price range for this? But I thought it looked pretty interesting. It almost looks like something I'd rather watch than actually uh, play through. But, uh, you know, um, these interactive albums and the stuff that like Sony's doing with partnership with bands. Because um, there was another band that they announced something with, which I, which I forgot. was like The Radiohead one? Was it the Radiohead one? Yeah. Yeah, so, kid, kid, yeah, Kid Amnesia. Yeah. With Kid Amnesia. So I'm, I'm all for these kind of new experiences. Um, so I, I was happy to see this. I thought it was pretty cool. And we got King of Fighters 15. Eh, I mean, huh. I, I've, pl- I've dabbled in King of Fighters for many years now, but this is just not my personal franchise. Uh, and I, and I, I feel like, I and I, I feel bad for saying this, like I feel like there's one of these like all the time coming out. But uh, yeah, no, not for me. What do you think? You're the fighting um, guy, so. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like King of Fighters, you know. Um, it is one of the more stiff uh, old school ones where yeah. Tekken, Street Fighter, all these other games have learned to adapt to a new style. They want to keep that super stiff uh feel of it like if you just hit keep it in square all you can do is like hard punch and that's it i i think i'm i'm, I'm a little worried about this game um just because of the constant delays and they're doing like weird beta testing instead of just releasing a demo they're doing like three different beta days or testing where you play as a different character every day and, and it's you know fine but i think i i do worry more about where that game is and i feel like if this game doesn't succeed it'll probably be the end of king of fighters um which may not be the worst thing we are 15 titles yeah that's in. what i'm gonna say they got 15 um, so i think they had a good run so uh yeah so but yeah i saw it and i know they announced a new character and i was like i this this is not one of those fighting games i get day one we got little devil inside which is kind of a i guess supernatural paranormal um exploration indie game uh, look pretty solid. I wasn't blown away by this one personally. It doesn't really look like my cup of tea. Did you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, you know, I saw it and I just I was confused because I, I couldn't remember if we've seen it before. And we have seen this before. Okay. Uh, the little devil inside. I, I want to say at least I, I'm actually looking at the trailer again right now, and I I feel like we saw this at some point. Um. But again, it's just one of those weird things where it's like no sort of day or sort of push on it's so just kind of putting it there just to put it there is always weird for me yeah um because the game is coming to like everything from last i remember it's coming to xbox switch uh and the family of playstation so okay. but I, I thought it was cool that it was here again uh i do think it's time to either stop showing until it's ready or discuss a little bit more what the game actually is got it um, we got First Class Trouble, which is kind of like a social mystery Among Us type game. Um, I was actually really interested in kind of just the style of the game. So actually, I'm, I'm digging what they showed us for First Class Trouble. Uh, this is something I'm interested in. This one also looks like it's a little bit reliant on having some people to play with. That would probably make it more of a fun experience. Uh, did you have any interest in First Class Trouble? I mean, yeah, it, it that's, I looked at it and I was like, all right, it's... Uh, for lack of a better term, like three Among Us, uh, yeah. you know, I, I did like the the animation style, and this is one of those games where it's uh, this this game is 
Is it out already, right? Because it's going to be a PS Plus game. I I don't remember. If, if it yeah, was I don't know if it's month. out already quite yet, but um, I I could look that up. Yeah, but uh, because I want to say I I even think I looked at this uh when I I just signed into my PS Plus yesterday, uh, to redeem all my games and if I if someone tells me to download it and play it on P, uh, and it's free on PS Plus, I will for sure check it out at least, but. Uh, besides that, not the most interesting. Yeah, I think it's uh, out. I think it's out. Oh, yeah, actually, uh, First Class is out November 2nd for both PS4 and PS5. It right. is a free PS Plus game for November. So yep. I may check it out this month at some point. As long as someone tells me, hey, I downloaded it, then I'll <laughs> I'll download it as well. Yeah, I might get any pick it for you, so I'll let you know if it's trash. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we got Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. This is not the first time they've shown this. We just got a, more of a look at it. Um, I mean... Like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, it's cool that, like, Five Nights has, like, taken that step forward into kind of, like, you know, an, a little bit of an exploratory open game that's pretty cool. There's some cool stuff. This world is just really not my thing. I couldn't even get into the old ones, really. I was so fascinated by the lore of it, but the actual games themselves, just not my world, never has been my world. So, uh, I'm happy for them being able to make that jump, but I'm ne- I'm probably never touching this game. What did you think? Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I was a huge fan of the series when it first came out. Uh, I liked the idea of it. I liked the sort of narrative we had. Um, yeah. The game's obviously, you know, money talks, so he started making tons of different versions, and the stories don't really matter, and timelines. The game looks interesting as, like, a sort of, yeah, like you're saying, walking around the place. Looks kind of cool and, explored, you know, exploring, and there's probably tons of Easter eggs. I know Survival there's, like, a lot of... Yeah. Yeah, there's like uh, mini arcade because like the Five Nights have always had these sort of mini games to play. And those are going to be hidden throughout there. Um, I'm so far gone from the lore that most of these characters. I don't know if these characters are animatronics. Are <laughs> I don't know if they're new, not new. I saw yeah. at one point you climb into one in the trailer. Yeah, and then you were like controlling one of them, I'm which back. again, yeah, you were. Yeah, I was like, All right, okay. I in a world where I get back into Five Nights at Freddy, maybe I'd like to check it out, but. Um, that's not too far out. I think it's like December. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, we have Death Store, which reminds me kind of a uh, quick action roguelike looking type game. Uh, I really love the art style of this one. Um, so I'm intrigued by this one. This is definitely one I'd probably want to play on Switch. If anything, uh, any interest in Death Store? Yeah. So I actually really do have a big interest. Um, I I like this is by Acid Nerve. I liked their previous game, uh, Titan Souls, which was that boss rush, um, game it came out a while ago. And Death Stores, uh, it released on Xbox and PC, but it's just one of those games where like when I saw it, I was like, yeah, I'll wait for the. And they announced pretty quickly that it was gonna come to other platforms. So I'm excited to finally play it on Switch. Um, I think it's at the end, at the end of the month, right before Thanksgiving break. So awesome. maybe that lines up perfectly. Um, but uh, yeah, the few people I heard who played this on Xbox, uh, and I have one person who I know who played it on PC, loves the game. So I'm excited to finally check it out. Uh, you know, in the the state I want to be in. Yeah, it looks dope. Uh, and then I guess we can kind of finish off for this story uh, with Kart Racer, Kart Rider Drift. Um, so this one, I'm Kart Racers are tough for me because again, it, it's. It's competitive, and the I have like very high standards when it comes to kart racer. This is an old genre; it's been around for a while, and we've seen. For me, the the one and two for me personally are obviously Mario Kart and CTR. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you can't touch them, then you're you're in rough shape. Um, but I mean, what they showed looked fine. Um, 
uh, funnily enough is when I saw the trailer for this and I sorry to cart rider drift but when I was watching this I was like oh this just makes me want to play you remember mod nation racer <laughs> that's yep yep it reminded me of like wanting that again um uh, and but yeah cart rider drift looks fine um I wasn't blown away by anything I it's it's tough because it's like everything the, the Mario Kart really kind of defined the genre and then CTR I feel like you know came in and through their spin on it and so from for now unless you're doing something insanely transformative it's gonna look like you know many things we've seen before whether it be you know the sonic kart racer or the strawberry shortcake kart racer or garfield kart racer garfield like, kart. Yeah, like everybody's got one so um what yeah. did you think about this yeah you know uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat i'm a big uh, kart racing guy i i do like you know, big fan of Mario Kart. We spent many hours oh, yeah. playing Mario Kart. Uh, CTR, I really liked as well, especially the the remake of CTR. Unfortunately, I don't think we're ever getting another one. Unfortunately, and, uh, Mod Nation, really good. Yeah, and Mod I'd also like to put pretty high up there. I thought, especially the the original PS3 version, not the the Vita, uh, oh, yeah. or or the I think PSP. Was like, PSP wow. had one too. That was fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those were a little bit less like a little bit you know lackluster, but I think the the create play share version of the uh, modernization was really well and this yeah had so many vibes of it because like the art style is what you would think like a new mod nation would look like uh-huh. um you know i don't know if i'm gonna check it out uh, you know i gotta just not craving to be back in here i know there's like a beta going live um but you know they're showing these characters and i know this is apparently is a popular ip in like south asia or south east asia um okay. as crazy racing cart rider uh, and this was cart rider drift so i know this is like an ip elsewhere i just don't know if it'll be able to make that jump into this new you know into over here and, and be completely playable because this is not um, i don't see anywhere on here is it uh this is not a oh, it is a free to play so i guess there's no entry uh that starts make as soon as i see free to play i start worrying about monetization i see how easily a cart racer could be oh, yeah. uh, we had this issue with ctr where activision said no microtransactions three months later they filled it with microtransactions so i i guess it really just depends um i probably will download it at least once to just check it out though yeah for sure yeah and uh yes that that was that was it for the state of play in general i thought it was kind of just quick uh i think we definitely could have waited or i can see why they were like so quickly to announce and quickly show it sometimes there's a little bit more time between it um i don't know why everyone's expectations were so high i don't know why we people thought we'd see like god of war again Um, i thought i thought it was pretty clear what we were getting from the state of play all in all it could have been a whole lot quicker i would have done a i think they need a new term uh, for like maybe a 15 minute sort of trailer back to back uh thing instead of calling it a state of play because i guess just people get it's the same with nintendo directs people hear nintendo directs and the first thing everybody would comment is you know the next smash release which is finally over but um although i thought it was an okay state of play nothing super ex- you know jumping out of your chair excited yeah it's i uh... I, that was my biggest issue with it. It's like I, I don't mind the variability in what a state of play can be. I just feel like mm-hmm. it might be advantageous for not only Sony, but also the team showing off their games. Uh, for them to have like a maybe a different phrasing for like a, 
state of play dash indie showcase or something like that to temper mm-hmm. expectations because again I, I i feel terrible sometimes where i see these kind of really negative reactions because of what this state of play is not uh, and what people wanted it to be and you know i think of a lot of these teams where like this was their time to shine they finally get to show off their game that they you know worked for uh these a lot of these teams are not massive teams so you know they're not churning out games every once in a while and then people have a negative reaction not because of what your game is but just again because what it's not um, yeah. and, and that kind of, you know, that kind of sucks from their regard. So I really do hope that, you know, like people can temper their own expectations and just look at these games for what they are. And if it's not for you, it's not for you, but like, let's not trash it because they're not Sony Santa Monica. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I, I felt bad because, you know, I would go to the comment sections and then I'm watching in real time and they're like, Oh, what's this indie trash? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, uh. and then part of me is like, okay, you know, everybody can have their opinions, but at the same time, I'm like, I part of me blames this on Sony. Cause it's like, yeah, they don't tell you what this is. And this was a decently long one too. So I could see why you're like, okay, so it's going to be what a 30, 30 40 minute presentation uh yeah. with you know 11 or 15 games that we're going to announce i could see why somebody's be like oh snap elden ring you know what i mean like um <laughs> I, I could see yeah. why people make that jump that's why i tried my best to go in with zero expectations so yeah i thought it was kind of a mid state of play with some solid games some stuff that i don't particularly care for but uh yeah, it's just I, I, I they need a phrasing adjustment, whether it's a state of play mini or state of play indie showcase. Yeah. Or I feel like Xbox does that um, pretty well with uh, yeah. they they have the idea at Xbox thing so that le- they don't mix it too bad. So like they they don't have they don't show you off you know Halo and the next Forza and stuff like that and just throw in a, li- a tiny little Devolver Digital game in there and just yeah. s- <laughs> and then make the, the the indie game look insane in comparison where it's like yikes. Uh, yeah, if you have something that's running at 4K 120 on the Series X and then you throw a little indie art game where you're mm-hmm. walking across a beach, yeah, I could see why people would be like, what the hell is that? It, yeah. It's all about where you position it. And I think Nintendo's done a pretty go- a solid job in the past with that. Uh, Xbox yeah. does a pretty solid job with that. And I, I think Sony just needs to play around with the format a little bit more to just help things be presented correctly. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Where I don't think anything here... Was- there's not a bad game shown here. No. I think just people who only want to play those big AAA busters are are going to see this and be like, oh, trash, terrible games. I'm like, no, oh, there's a little bit of uh, a little bit for everyone here. It's just it was just different than what expected. 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, going on to uh, the next story. Uh comes from Matt Purcell at IGN. Uh, Sony has confirmed that it has invested into the Devolver Digital. The official PlayStation Twitter account today posted a tweet stating... Shout out to our friends at Devolver Digital on their public offering today. We're honored to be an investor. Keep shining on a light on those great indie games. Um, I thought this was really cool. I, I didn't realize that Devolver Digital was going you know, public with like investors and stuff. And I'm glad that it wasn't just like smaller t- you know, times. Because uh, I know there's a lot of like other indie developers that are teaming up and being bought up by like Chinese investors. And that gets into a whole different situation. But Devolver Digital is like high quality indie mm-hmm. games i don't even like referring to them as an indie developer or publisher because some of the games they have i say are really great uh, a game i talked about i i think i talked about like two episodes uh last year or whenever it was when it was uh, runer runner um i loved that game that game was super cyberpunk over the you know top down style and i know these games like enter the gungeon was a huge thing uh, it still is 
uh, you know, Downwell, Titan Souls. These are all games that come from Devolver Digital. So Sony not only helping fund and publish it, I think this is also going to start seeing, you know, you'll start seeing some exclusive times and, and licensing. And sometimes these small investments, because uh, I, I think Sony was like 5% investment. Uh, sometimes that's all it is to get a certain game, get picked up off the ground. Um, I know like people like Hotline Miami, those games are fantastic. Um, so I'm, it's, I'm happy to see that. It also means that more of these games are going to keep releasing and staying on PlayStation console where for us, we play everywhere. But some of these games I do just prefer playing on Sony consoles, same way I prefer certain games playing on uh, Xbox. But I thought this was really cool. And I thought as of right now, there was no like reason to be super upset or anything like that because it's not like it was a buyout. I'd rather have these investments and, and partnerships than just straight buyouts and acquisitions so what did you, what did you think yeah uh, and, and when i read i heard this story i had to make sure and double check that they yeah they didn't buy devolver digital outright because that would make me a little more nervous just knowing that mm-hmm. sony could kind of control their fate going forward uh, yeah. but yeah no an investment i think is a brilliant idea from sony's perspective i think this is great uh for devolver digital they're such an incredibly talented uh publisher over there such immense just an insane catalog that they put together. I've loved so many of their games, so so many diverse experiences that you go into there. And they're growing, you know, every year uh, to the point where they've had their own E3 conference and you see what they do with it. So obviously they don't take the conventional road, which is what I love about them, that, you know, they know what they are and they're willing to go for it in a way that I haven't seen many other publishers be willing to do with their brand to just look, just look like nutcases, like they don't mind it. Um, and yeah, I think that's an awesome thing, and uh, it's it's smart for Sony to finance that. And I also don't look at this story in a void. You know, this is coming in conjunction with Sony obviously investing a ton into PC resources. So you know, I think Sony is looking at the different places where they can expand or mm-hmm. monetize. Uh, in really smart ways and yeah and, and the expanding indie market that are, is not feeling so indie anymore um, and the PC market are two places that I think anybody the size of Sony, Nintendo or Xbox should be trying to dip their toes into and so this is a very smart decision uh, from that regard so yeah shout out to Devolver Digital really happy for them and yeah I think it was a very smart decision for Sony as well no yeah absolutely I think it's it's great and again I mean, there's so many of these titles that are stuck on, like, maybe PCs and stuff. Um, and I know contracts are an issue with that. So I, I'm hoping some of that stuff carries over. Because uh, I know, like, Carry On never came to PlayStation. I know it's on Switch and Xbox. It may have come yeah. to PlayStation, but I don't remember it, too. Uh, Serious Sam 4 is stuck, I think, on Stadia. So hopefully they can, can get... I'm not a huge Serious Sam, but I remember that was a big yeah. deal. Uh, hopefully that can that will come over eventually. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, yeah, it's not an acquisition. So, like, by no means is uh, Devolver Digital like obligated to re- release their games at a, any higher of a clip on PlayStation consoles. However, now that you know Sony is an investor, that means they have some degree of ownership or, or royalties. It would probably th- that's going to strengthen their relationship for sure. So, mm-hmm. if anything, that's going to just make things better for kind of everybody involved. You know, Devolver Digital gets a little bit more uh, cash in their pockets to play around with and, and invest in. Uh, develop more games and you know Sony's get a little bit of ownership and uh, a little slice of that pie so I think it's a win-win solution in, in that regard for sure cool cool alright next one is a big story that I feel like people have been sleeping on this story because of the subtext of the story is pretty insane mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to talk about Square Enix and their kind of thoughts on um, Avengers this is a story by George Yang over there at IGN uh, and Square Enix's uh, an- annual report for 2021 President Yasp 
Yosuke Matsuda said that Marvel's Avengers was an ambitious games-as-a-service release. However, Avengers was not as successful as the company would have liked, uh, which, you know, is no surprise there. Uh, we mm-hmm. overcame a variety of unexpected difficulties in the final phase of the game's development, including needing to transition from work to home due to the pandemic. Uh, we were able to surmount these challenges and release the game, but unfortunately it has not proven as successful as we would have liked. Matsuda said that Square Enix will learn from its experience with Avengers uh, and work to produce games that mesh with the unique abilities and tastes of our studios and development teams. Nonetheless, taking on a games of service model highlighted issues that we are likely to face in future game development efforts, such as the need for to select game designs that mesh with the unique attributes and tastes of our studios and development teams, said Matsuda. Uh, while the new challenge that we tack- tackled with this title produced a disappointing outcome, we are certain that the games of service approach will grow in importance as gaming pro- uh, becomes more service-oriented. So there's a lot to... Uh, tackle with this story. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's Square Enix's feelings on Avengers on a performance level. There's their feature on is seemingly who they chose for this game, and then there's their feelings on games as a service overall. And I kind of just take it chunk by chunk. So for me personally, it's just kind of an outside. Or uh, the most surprising thing was them acknowledging that, and and they didn't say this outright, but the subtext of it is, yeah, it seems like they don't think Crystal Dynamics was probably the greatest choice for this game type, um, which is an interesting admission from somebody of the company themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that is not a hot take. That's something that you and I, I'm, I'm sure we both kind of agree on and probably have hinted at the past that, yeah, this was probably not the team for that game type. Uh, personally, I don't think Avengers should have been a games-as-a-service game in general, personally. I think there are certain uh, types of games, whether it be a Battle Royale or Racer or whatever, that can probably lend itself better to that stuff like the division i think isn't a a great example of how to do that um but avengers eh, it was a little bit of a tougher sell i would have preferred more of kind of a fixed uh, um spider-man like experience from avengers or even what it seems like you're describing uh guardians of the galaxy as being Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i think would have been a much better fit for avengers personally um but yeah it's just interesting them hearing them acknowledge so yeah obviously avengers I mean, we're talking about not soon after Endgame, so the the cultural cachet of Avengers being at its highest, pretty much, I think, in American history, to be honest, um, of just recognizability of what Avengers is. The fact that this game was not one of the best-selling games of that year is mind-blowing to me. Um, So that just tells you that, you know, they kind of fumbled the bag on that one. Uh, and, And for sure, to some extent, you have to give them a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of leeway because yeah the the pandemic stuff was tough on everybody and people have to work from home and that you put out what you can put out and you you try the best you can for sure but uh yeah I, I i don't know if doubling down on games as a service and just chalking it up to ah, it's because we give it to crystal dynamics is necessarily the takeaway that i would have taken personally um i would have taken that maybe you know not every ip needs to be games as a service and you can probably mon- they need to find ways to monetize single player games more effectively like everybody else has managed to do you know what i mean it's like it's interesting where you have these Activisions and EAs and now Square Enix being like, oh, we got to find ways to monetize this game and make as much money because everything's shifting mm-hmm. so hard. Yet every year, every single year, Nintendo and Sony prove over and over again the financial viability of single-player games. They do it all the time. So they act like these games don't exist. Uh, but what were your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, you know, I shared very similar aspects of it. Uh, I do think it was very strange that, you know, this was an official report um, from yeah. someone at that company. Because, um, yeah, we're, we're not in the minority where, I think you even said, I think we did a spoiler cast for Avengers, uh, where we discussed, where we're like, I just don't think uh, Crystal Dynamics, it's, it's, it's a two-parter. One, I don't think they were the right team, because uh, I don't think Games as a Service is what they need to create. I also don't think Avengers needs to be Games as a Service. Facts. And that's more prominent now than ever because because uh, of Guardians. I know that's, we're, uh, what, a year, two years apart from, from, from that, but uh, the Guardians game is going to prove, and I can't wait for you to play this, because I think you'll see what, I hope my words will play in your head sometimes in certain moments, and you'll realize, like, because that's what it's been to me, where it's like, it can be done. Yeah. It can be removed from the MCU, uh, which I think was a, a an issue with Marvel's Avengers, um, where it just was, it kind of chose a bad time, you know, at this peak of Marvelness, you know, the peak of Endgame, the, you know, the MCU is in a sort of, uh, reboot stage in a, in a sense um story-wise where you choose these characters that we know and love uh, you chose these characters that i mean some of them have died in their most prominent form um and you give us these you give us like these fakers in, in a sense and, yeah. and not to be against it but i but that's not the part that we got over i got over uh, you know, not having characters look exactly like the MCU, right? That was a super minor complaint that I think we even discussed before the game launched is a small thing that we needed to get over was that they didn't look like Chris Evans. They didn't look like Scarlett Johansson. Um, and that was never our real complaints with Avengers. It was the moment-to-moment gameplay. It was the games as a service. It didn't really make sense because that core story mode, we actually praised uh, pretty well. I wouldn't say... We spoke of it. It's yeah, nowhere not near blown what away, like, but it's solid. Yeah, yeah. It was nowhere near what we thought of Spider Man. It's not gonna, you know, it's nowhere near what I think of Guardians, and I think you will think of Guardians as well. And it's not what we have hopes for, you know. You know, it's Miles Morales is another aspect of oh, it yeah. where, where we saw these stories with characters we know and love. You got to remember, Miles. He's he's been a huge, you know, Miles Morales has been a huge part of our. our you know, it being super into the comics and also our culture, especially in your background, um, how we identify to Miles, he came off one of his biggest things was uh, into the Spider Verse, and nobody complained that Miles Spider Man Miles Morales was a different take because it was still really well done and honored the character, and I think that's where Crystal Dynamics kind of I don't want to use the word failed, but they failed, um, and that's kind of being a pattern with them because it's. Almost the same complaints I had with the Tomb Raider games, which were two, Crystal Dynamic, Dynamics, where it's like you lost a little bit of what made Tomb Raider Tomb Raider, and you really just try to make this, uh, you try to copy, in a sense, some things that were done in Uncharted. So I do think it's a it's a mixed bag of, I think a lot of people were at fault. I don't think it was just Crystal Dynamics. They can make really good, solid games. Technically, the, you know, and at, all the... Uh, Tomb Raider games, I don't remember having technical issues. I, the games played really great. I remember yeah. when they did the PS4 port. The game was really fantastic, technically-wise, you know. It was just more of the background culture and story-wise. Um, so it's the same thing where it's just I don't understand why. And I understand why they wanted to do games as a service, to keep these games living. Um, I know, for you know, it's... It's been rumored for a fact that they wanted to sell the Wakanda expansion. They had to give it for free because of 
many other issues. They wanted to sell these packs. They didn't want to just give away free content. Um, that's there's no way that's what they wanted to do. They did it because they had a, you know, crowd control basically, and so I think it's all that stuff leads up to the fact that why they were so disappointed. And don't be, you know, we were disappointed. You know, we we got that game day one. I got it by accident two days early. Um, for some reason I don't remember why, but I remember I had gotten it two days early. Just showed up in my mailbox. Um, so we were there. We were there to support them, and which is why I'm okay being pretty down on it because it's like. I tried to go back when they added more content to fix some stuff, and they just started, you know, shoving the microtransactions in there. And I just don't like that. Games as a service is quickly being, you know, married to the idea of microtransactions. And there's other games that we're seeing do it a little bit better, like you said, the division and 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 what they're doing with that. And there's other games that we I haven't gotten to try it, but Riders Republic is a, a good games as a service and makes sense as a games as a service Definitely. where you're adding different uh events and and adding different uh locations and weather types and that makes sense for that it doesn't make sense in my opinion for avengers which is why it's like i see where it could have worked um i just don't think that's the game people wanted i don't think it's the game anyone asked for i don't think it's the game you guys showed uh as well yeah, for sure. And th- the fact that the- there was, I wouldn't say it was robust, but there was a fully fleshed out story mode, as you mentioned earlier, shows <laughs> that to some extent they understood that. It's just they didn't fully commit to it, uh, oddly enough. Uh, and if they just focused as much effort as pu- uh, putting, you know, a very compelling, well-crafted narrative uh instead of just trying to find ways to supplement that experience with weird filler missions and just nonsense color swaps and DLC yep. packs months and months and months after the game comes out. It's just it shows that their thinking was kind of off from the jump with this, but they understood to some extent what how to make this game good. You know what I mean? Like just looking at that story mode, like and then okay, it's been out for a long time, so spoiler alert for anybody who's there. But the fact that I mean, you go and play as Captain America in space shows that yeah. to some extent, like they under they were trying to craft. A very unique story and then i think to some extent they definitely uh succeeded with that but uh it's just there's a lot of things off about that game which is probably why i haven't returned to it whatsoever since i beat it i haven't touched that game since i beat it i have full intentions on doing that one day uh perhaps with the spider-man stuff maybe i don't know and i'll probably go back and go play wakanda at some point but uh yeah it's just it, it was off from announcement and you know they in some ways proved me wrong when I played the game and I was like, you know what, that that was actually a pretty solid story. I loved uh, the, what they did with Kamala Khan and stuff like that. But uh, yep. then, then they eventually morphed into exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, and it's just not really my, my cup of tea. And again, I've that's coming from somebody who enjoys a couple games of service. I've played Fortnite. I like it. It's good. Uh, mm-hmm. I've played Division and that's 100% like exactly what I think they were going for. Um, and I think the Division's great. So I think games as a service can absolutely be done uh, and actually be really good and not uh, put a sour taste in your mouth. It's just you need to understand the IP a little bit better than I think Square currently does, obviously. Uh, and I was actually a little bit surprised that they were willing to kind of throw Crystal Dynamics under the bus a little bit there. Uh, yeah. would be like, yeah, they're the wrong team for it. And it's like, I mean, they really did kind of throw them under the bus there and i was really surprised and again nothing that they said i think is necessarily incorrect i'm just surprised to hear it coming from square if that makes sense yeah to almost get like the big boss be like very disappointed um 
you know, and again, I wonder, and I have to keep bringing it up because basically, well, Idols Montreal, I think, is also partnered with Square for yeah. Guardians. Um, so it's just like a mix because we saw Square kind of do this with Idols Montreal when the second Deus Ex reboot game, um, I forget which one it was, Human Revolution or Mankind Divided, I forget which is the first one. Um, when that one was announced and then the way that released and the way the critics received it, uh, so I remember Square also kind of being like, oh, we just think that it's the IP and the way it was handled and released. I'm like, that's stuff that comes down to you, publishing it when and where, giving the certain resources and what kind of game you're asking to be made. Correct. Uh, I think that's what needs to be really, you know, adjusted. Uh, and even outside of the Marvel license, I enjoyed Final Fantasy XV, uh, but that is not a Final Fantasy game to me because it's just, it was this weird <laughs> mix of a game. Uh, where they, you know, people complained about certain aspects, and they went in and had to patch it in a year later. Oh, we don't like that the car is so stiff. All right, now the car can drive all over and turn into a rocket ship. It's, like, weird where it's, like, you you have to... I think it, there is a mix of not knowing what to do with certain aspects and titles. Yeah, And I sure. think that, that, that was an issue, and I think that's an issue with Avengers, where Avengers was, like, here's this mold, and make every character fit this mold, and... It was awkward because characters did play very similar and then played very awkwardly. Hulk played like a brute like he should, but then when you got Thor, he also played like a big brute, but you could also do a weird projectile with your hammer. And it just was really weird. And I th- and I th- I hope the the success of... We, again, we don't know sales-wise or anything, but critically, I think Guardians is getting pretty good reviews all around. And I think that makes sense, but it's because you're playing as one character. Um, if you don't play as of now, I, I, unless it drastically changes twelve hours in, uh, you only play as Peter Quill, and the gameplay is to fit Peter Quill. It's not giving me randomly Gamora sections that don't play correctly or play like a cheap, quick version of Peter Quill's gameplay. It's made for him. Um, it's the same what we got, like we said for Spider Man. You played as Spider Man, and look what they did in Spider Man. We the parts I didn't like about Spider Man were when they gave me Miles. And uh, Mary Jane and those weird oh yeah Mary Jane yeah, stealth I mission. hated it and I think I think they fixed it because in Miles you got to do some stealth the correct way I don't yeah. want to be Mary Jane stealthing I want to be Spider Man stealthing which is why I liked having Miles Spider Man stealth for sure um so, so I think it's that molded I think they I, I I'd love to be a fly on the wall and see what the original idea was because there's no way this is Avengers is sort of this mixing pot of and it's just a bad soup of of all these ideas that you know there's like these ingredients that separately could work really well but shoving them all together doesn't really make sense um which is why i think this is kind of is kind of what happened it's just everyone had an idea they would try to hit everything let's hit the single player let's hit the multiplayer let's hit the of weekly events and let's hit getting these certain characters out and it's like it doesn't work that way in my opinion no 100 percent, i agree mm-hmm Man, so uh, I I I'm curious to see where this goes because again, spoil. I mean, the game's out. If you're not gonna play it, you're not gonna play it. It sequel baits pretty hard uh, at the end of this Avengers. So, especially going on with this, I don't know what contracts are. I wonder if uh, Crystal Dynamics will even want to make a second one. If they are making a second one, uh, is it already? I think it's kind of tainted uh, at this point. Unless you really remove yourself from this Avengers game. I'd be curious what Square Enix is gonna do because you gotta, you know, they paid big bucks for that IP oh, license, yeah. so it's it's such a 
unfortunate situation for everyone. I would love this game to have been crazy good, and once a month I would jump in and play as a, as a character in a new stage, mission, bad guys, enemies, something. But uh, unfortunately, that's not what they delivered. Yeah, if I had to guess, I know Square is 100% foraying back into a Marvel property. Uh, I just don't think it's going to look the same, and I don't... I. I would be really surprised if it comes from Crystal Dynamics, to be honest. Uh, I just don't think they're going to put them on that assignment anymore. What they put them on, I have no clue. But uh, it, it's just obvious from the way they're thinking that in, in some ways they they seem to blame that matchup and less than just their the, the logical thinking from management of even pairing those two things together. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah we'll, we'll have to see. And I, I, wonder, I, I just wonder if other drama or... Will, will come of this because it's because we are reaching the point where Avengers is almost over. I know they keep saying touting more, you know, games, but like the player count is Dwindle. through the floor. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's it's spiked for the Wakanda develop uh, the story pack, but then yes. dropped completely. Well, maybe Spider Man will breathe a little bit of life, but that's PlayStation yeah. only, so that's a little bit tough too. Yeah, and it's like a, it's and, and it's not. It's more like. I know you never went back to it, but I played the Hawkeye release. Okay. Um, and that's like four or five missions, and that's it. That's all it really is. Wakanda was different. Wakanda was like an expansion where you you go to Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, this I don't know what it's gonna be. To what extent is Spider Man? I also don't see how Spider Man. Like we were just talking about the mold. I don't know how Spider Man fits in that mold. Is he gonna be like uh, web slinging? Like are they gonna offer? Like are they gonna add New York into the game? Like I don't really know much about Avengers post. They have the story they, mode, so. they have not shown Spider Man. We don't know what he looks like. They have not shown gameplay. Because oh, uh, because okay. as Hawkeye, you do get a sort of uh, swinging thing you could do off certain light posts, oh, okay. and it's super clunky. So I can only imagine Spider Man's gonna look terrible <laughs> yeah. if that's the if that's what he's got. But uh, yeah. we'll see. Because I will probably jump in for that. Uh, I have not played the Wakanda expansion either, so I'm able to Wakanda, Spider-Man, delete it, and I'll be good forever. Yeah, that's what I'm planning on doing right now. Yeah. Just letting yeah. it pull all the stuff that I'm interested in, banging it out in, you know, fit five, ten hours, and then deleting it back off my system. So. <laughs> forever. Forever. All right. Uh, the last story is a follow-up with something we've been watching for a while. We've been kind of interested to see uh, Netflix uh, gaming service now available in the U.S. Uh, so Netflix announced that it has expanded its gaming service to over 190 countries, including the United States and Canada. However, the gaming feature will still require subscribers to own either an Android smartphone or tablet to play. Netflix games will start rolling out to Netflix mobile app starting November 3rd. Users can also download Netflix game as an app through the Google Play Store. Uh, among the games including is in the service is Stranger Things, Stranger Things 3 The Game. Uh, unfortunately, you will not be able to use the wireless controller or mobile controller like the Razer devices, as the games on the Netflix games apps uses touch controls only when playing in the Netflix app. Uh, Netflix notes that its games apps requires a subscription to its streaming service and that there are no ads, additional fees, or microtransactions. While iOS support is not available yet, Netflix will say it will roll out in the upcoming months. Um, so this has uh, been a pretty interesting thing. We, we, we've known for a while Netflix is jumping into the sort of uh, streaming service, uh, including games and stuff. And I know right now they've only been really pushing the, the Stranger Things. Because I know it's like Stranger Things 3, the game, and then Stranger Things 1987, the game. Yep. Um, and very few other things that they've put on there. But uh, I, I was wondering what you think of this, because I know we've been talking about it, but I don't know if you've been able to go hands-on or not with it. Yeah, no, not hands-on quite yet. Uh, 
I think one of the biggest, well, it's obviously a really interesting thing as we kind of spoke about last time this uh, subject came up. Um, I think one thing they need to fix that that controller support thing. Touch only is not it uh, personally, in my opinion. Um, uh, I love connect. I have a at my desk uh, an extra Xbox controller that I use strictly for when I play things like uh, on mobile. Because sometimes I'll dabble with uh, Project X Cloud and stuff like that. And so, uh, and I and I believe also like stuff like Apple Arcade allows for that as well. So having that controller being able to sync up to your phone is like super critical in my because i'm not sitting there playing like shout out to all the kids on your pads playing your touch controls i can't do that kind of stuff it's just i'm <laughs> call me a boomer if you'd like but i need my tactile buttons um and so for now i'm kind of waiting that's the one thing i'm waiting on is just for them to add controller support so i can just kind of play that way because i don't like playing things on my phone like that um but other and and I'm intrigued by it. They don't have a lot on there. It seems like they're very much dedicated right now, at least, to their own created games, which I respect but don't see as sustainable, really, um, until someone's willing to play ball with them. They're going to be in a, even, I mean, in the short term, kind of in a worse place in Stadia. Um, you need to foster those relationships, and I don't think that they're, Netflix themselves are putting out games at a fast enough clip to support a streaming service, uh, necessarily. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can rectify that and get a little bit more stuff on there. But uh, I'm very intrigued by it. I like when I see new players coming into the space, even if I don't think it's going to work very well. Having another, uh, you know, company in there thrown in, I'm I'm curious to see. Uh, Netflix is obviously also approaching a similar thing to the gaming that they have with the show, with like kind of a original content instead of leasing out other content. Um, and that's kind of what they've done on the media side. So I would imagine they're strategy with video games would be a very similar thing so it'd be ip they own and they're going to create their own games for it on their own service so i can uh respect the insularity of it i just don't know if it's going to work long term but i would like to get my hands on it ideally by uh next uh next episode we do just because i do have an android phone so i currently qualify Mm -hmm. for it so i'll give it a shot yeah i'm I'm actually attempting to check it out right now while we're while you're recording and so it's weird. In the Netflix app, there is nothing there. They they also said that they're releasing a Netflix gaming app. That's not exactly true. You can download it's the Stranger Things three, the game by Netflix, and it asks you to sign into your Netflix account. Um, but besides that, I mean, it, it's hard to tell. I mean, I'm it's just a eight bit or it's like a sixteen bit touch and go game. So yeah. it's streaming fine. Again, I'm here on my Wi Fi, not on my cellular device. I gotta try that out um, when I'm not connected to my Wi Fi. What does it really look like over? you know cellular you know cellular data yeah. um because you know xcloud does a pretty good job but it's not the perfect job depending what kind of game you're playing um so that's interesting to see but it's like what else is gonna serve are you gonna just keep doing these sort of 16-bit uh, you know tie-in games uh which is fine because it I, it's not coming at an additional cost um, it'd be nice to have it all in one app. I don't know if they're going to release a specifically a Netflix game app or will they incorporate it to the Netflix app we have now. Um, but yeah, the big one is that controller uh, support because, yeah, some people, I, I not all the time, but in my like lunch bag, I usually carry a either a DualShock 4 with me or a Xbox control because I can sync them Bluetooth to my phone and play xCloud um, occasionally. So it's interesting that that's not available quickly, and I know these games aren't demanding that, but... It's at least it's something there, and I think they're starting it right, being very quiet about it, um, and very again no additional price as of right now. 
Um, but I think it, it is an interesting rollout. Yeah, most definitely. I, I I have my eye on it, I think, as it becomes more robust. And hopefully, again, by the next episode, I'll have gotten hands-on to some degree uh, about it. But, uh, yeah, the no additional costing, I think, is, uh, is pretty cool. Because, again, they do have quite a large user base. So mm-hmm. unlike a lot of the other services that jumped in, um, you know, like if you want a Stadia or a Luna, yeah, that's an additional subscription you're going to have to sign up for. And so you're limited to those people. Where Netflix does have access to anyone with Netflix right now. Uh, so, you know, the casual, I would, I think it would be smart. And if this doesn't, I'm sure they're working on this if it doesn't exist yet. But maybe that integration where like, you know, even on your, like a Samsung TV, you have your Netflix app, you click it. Uh, they have a gaming section there that you can use with like a remote, you know, easy quick interaction maybe like mm-hmm. quick time action type things um as i see a lot of opportunities for them to kind of tap into that casual market and then you know once they add controller support and they make the game collection a little bit more robust uh tap into a little bit more of like the the in quotations hardcore gaming uh populace as well so i see there's potential here uh as it stands right now there's not much to go off of to think that it would succeed but uh mm-hmm. i think there's mm-hmm. tremendous progress here or possibilities here just because of the sheer size of their user base and the fact that you don't need to sign up for anything additional so you know your average person they're like oh that that looks kind of cool if you have netflix you can play it so that that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty awesome selling point there if they're able to maintain that yeah, I mean, and they have IP robust. I mean, so many contracts, oh, yeah. not only they're only, you know, they sign, I think they have like a League of Legends show now, so maybe they can incorporate something there and different partnerships. You know, we got the Witcher show, Stranger Things, uh, there's all these IPs, Castlevania, DMC. Yeah, the, you know, so it, it's interesting to see, like, the, there's some potential. Again, I don't think you're getting Blockbuster Mortal Kombat 12 on there, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think that the, I don't think that's what they're striving for either. Yeah. I agree. I th- yeah. And it's obviously supposed to be complementary at the moment just by the release structure of it. It's supposed to be something that complements the regular media streaming uh, exactly. experience, not necessarily them foraying to compete with Nintendo. So uh, I think as long as they keep their intentions fairly narrow and don't try to do too much, uh, mm-hmm. I can see it working out. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so that's all the stories we had for you guys this week. A pretty interesting group of stories this weekend. Thankfully, by the next episode, uh, GTA will be out by that point. Forza will be out by that point. A number of games that are coming out. Uh, Maybe even Pokemon, too. I'm not 100% sure on that. I need to look at that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, a number of games are coming out that I will be spinning into, and I know you'll be uh, playing as well. So we'll have lots to talk about um, in the following episode. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, this was the Neo Vintage Podcast. I'm Jabril, and I'm here with Steve. Hope you guys enjoyed, and take care. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.